Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Susan, it really feels like, you know, whether it's on my phone or an email, every few times a week at this point, I'm always seeing scams and people trying to take my money. Sometimes I can't even keep up with reporting on all of them. There's one out there that people were getting quite a bit a week or two ago that they were alerting me to um, was a UPS text and or an email saying that uh, if you don't correct this, we have a package for you that we can't deliver. Hey, Carrie Jr. the second here. And this week, we're talking about scams with Free Press personal finance columnist Susan Tompore. One of the scams that, that someone tried me on was something about ta- like back taxes I didn't pay for. I got like a phone call. And that one was one I could see immediately through. But there have been other ones like student loan associated frauds that I've heard, too, where I was like, oh, you're going to pay off my student loans? That sounds amazing. <laughs> and then I talk, called my dad and he was like, wait, uh, I don't know about that. And I was like, OK, never mind. Let me just <laughs> back to reality. Yeah, back to reality. That's true. Scams cost consumers a reported $3.8 billion in the first half of 2022. Criminals find us by phone, by email, Instagram, and they try to take our money via wire transfers or gift card payments or other means. And right now, there's a growing trend. What's happening is the scammers know we've heard about Bitcoin, but we don't know very much about Bitcoin And the scammers are taking that and using it to their advantage uh, when they're trying to get a payment. Scammers are trying to persuade people to send them money through Bitcoin ATMs. Cryptocurrency payments made about 19% of those reported fraud losses this year. And you could be targeted even if you've never used it before. Scammers use scare tactics like threats to jail you and happier but urgent prospects like a potential job offer to hook you. In fact, that last one the potential job offer, is exactly what got Jacqueline Halushka. I didn't even know that employment scams were, I didn't even realize that they existed. So my red flags were not up. (laughs) You know, a lot of times with these scams, you think, oh, I won't get caught on them. Um, But one thing that they make the pitch on those is they'll make a pitch on something you really want. On this episode, we're going to talk about Bitcoin ATM scams and what you should look out for to protect yourself. This is On The Line. My name is Jacqueline Halushka. I live in Oakland, Michigan, about 10 miles north of Rochester, Michigan. I'm 27. Jacqueline is one of several people Susan Tompore spoke with who got scammed recently. I started kind of hardcore looking for jobs around, you know, July or something, And I got an email a couple weeks in that said that they got my uh, my resume from LinkedIn. She was kind enough to tell us the story of how she lost money while trying to land a job as an administrative assistant. She thinks it's important that people know how it could even happen to a self-proclaimed techie who tried to do her homework. Who did the scammers claim to be? Well, they gave me a couple names. Um, and they said that they were part of a company called Radius Healthcare. 
So it looked legit. And I was just like, okay. And I, I looked up the company that they said they were affiliated with. And it was all legit. And, you know, it was very impressive. And um, they even used some of the names of the people who actually did work there. Mm. Oh, wow. And, right. And I was kind of looking them up and I was like, okay, this looks, this looks okay. But it was weird because they asked me to download an instant messenger app called Ring Central. It was, it, I'd never heard of it. And I was like, you know, maybe it's like something that they only do. And I, you know, I've been out of the job market especially for just purely remote jobs for a long time. So I, you know, I just kind of went with it and we had an interview that lasted three hours. It was a remote interview conducted completely via the chat system. You know, he'd ask me like a series of questions. I would answer them, you know, paragraph at a time. And then he would just go silent. I was like, okay. So I did that and then um, kept trying to do a phone interview or a Zoom interview because, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of old school. I'm used to meeting with people in person. I want to talk to a human being. (laughs) Jacqueline did eventually get a phone call, but she had a hard time hearing the person on the other end. When she brought it up to the supposed representative she was talking to, they brushed her concern off as just a hiccup that happens a lot for them. The next morning, I went out to breakfast with my dad and my grandfather, and I got a uh, text from the Ring Central app, and I got the um, I got a message from him saying that I got the job, and I was all excited. You know, told you know my dad and my grandpa they were all jazzed for me. The company sent over the contract and a direct deposit slip for her bank information. They sent over some documents. Um, they sent over a job offer. They sent over um, you know the direct deposit slip that said, you know, put in your account information and everything. And everything looked legit. And I put it through people who are contract specialists, because I was a contract specialist in the past, put it through a couple prosecutors that I knew. I was just like, because I had a weird feeling about it. It was just a weird, because I'd never actually seen somebody in person. So I'd like, it was weird. Oh, that's so Interesting. Like you, you knew you had a feeling and you even had it vetted by numerous people that had expertise who be who typically would be able to point something out like this, right? Right, right. And every single one of them said, you know, sign it and send it. And thank God I didn't. Oh, okay. Goodness. Because you said the bank account information. Now was my heart sunk for a second. I was like, oh, oh no. That would, yeah, that would have been really bad. Yes, yes. But the scammers didn't wait for the signature before they made their next move. So I, I got the job. They had said they would be sending me a company check for... Um, home equipment. The following day, she received a check for more than $6,000. I was like, is this from you? And they said yes. And so I deposited it. And my bank only allowed, you know, $500 to be available because they had to vet the rest of the checks. So they, they asked me to convert it to Bitcoin to send to the ven- the local vendor. And that's how I was going to prove that I was, you know, where I said I was. Next, the scammers sent her a list of addresses so she could find the nearest Bitcoin ATM. And I picked one in Lake Orion and I went uh, to the address and it was a liquor store. And I was like, am I supposed to be at this liquor store? And they said, yeah, there is a Bitcoin machine there and you need to transfer the $500 into Bitcoin into this crypto wallet. Now, I don't I don't concern myself with Bitcoin. I you know, it's so up and down that I just, you know, I stay out of it. I was like, all right, well, if that's what you need me to do, sure. And then they gave me the QR code and you, you know, I just put it on my phone, scanned the QR code and then started putting in the cash. 
And um, then it spit out a, it said it was successful, spit out a receipt and that was it. And then driving home, I was just like, you know what, this is weird enough that I'm just, I'm, I need to, I need to actually speak to somebody about what just happened. Once Jacqueline was home, she messaged the scammers. I said, uh, before I deposit the rest of the money, I would like to video chat with you so I know what my next steps are. And I'm not going to do anything else until I do video chat with somebody. The next day, while waiting for the meeting, Jacqueline searched online and found the number to the Human Resources Department for Radius Health, the company the scammers were pretending to be. She called the number and left a voice message. She got back to me right away and she said, no, that's a scam. Get out of it. No. So I messaged the guy back. I was like, don't worry about the video call. This is clearly a scam. Said some choice words and then, you know, stopped talking to him. I see. Wow. What What were your feelings once you discovered it was a scam? Oh, I was, uh, immediately I was pissed off. I, I don't know if I can say that on your podcast. And then after that, I started kind of getting panicked because, you know, when you're not working, $500 is a lot of money. And um, so I called... I called the police. I called. Um, I I sent in a report to Better Business Bureau. After the break, we talked to financial columnist Susan Tompor about how common cases like Jacqueline's are, what makes them so unique, and how to protect your pockets. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Earlier, we heard Jacqueline Halushka's story of being scammed out of $500 by way of a Bitcoin ATM and job scam. Now we're going to talk with Free Press financial columnist Susan Tompor about the inner workings of scams like that. Susan, how are scammers able to pull off these schemes? What happens, it will take a few days, and these scammers are using the banking system to their advantage. It will take a couple days for that check to actually clear, but they may make funds available. Uh, before it actually clears. But in a few days, when the bank banking system finds out it's a phony check or it's a fake check, any money that you've spent comes from your pocket. So um, that's how she lost $500 because she has to reimburse the bank. And then the Bitcoin ATMs, this is the first time I've even heard of those. How are those typically used I think in some cases on those Bitcoin ATMs, people are transferring money maybe to uh, relatives elsewhere. You know, you might use it the same way you do a wire transfer. This is a a sort of a way to make payments quickly, um, avoids the banking system. It's a digital currency um, that is uh, out there and supposed to, uh, you know, go away from these government currencies and uh, provide a way uh, to do uh, an exchange. And, you know, for most of us, it's, including me, it's pretty uh, hard to understand and, and comprehend, but we can comprehend that 
you know, it's out there and some people made a lot of money on it. Some people lost a lot of money on it. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, that kind of goes into what we're talking about today for sure. Um, how common is this scam, the scam with Bitcoin and these ATM machines? Well, you know, it's gotten a lot more common. It's really growing in numbers and it grew quite a bit in the past year during the pandemic. So people really need to kind of beware of it. I think the reason I wanted to write this story is because I wanted people to know that this uh, Bitcoin, they're going to hand you this QR code and you might think it's all official. Also reported in this piece that there was uh, someone in the Traverse City area that actually lost $350,000. It was several trips to a Bitcoin ATM and uh, that started out as an Apple support scam, according to the police in Traverse. And uh, there also was some uh, transferring online to a Bitcoin account. But uh, this was an older couple and probably, you know, a good chunk of their retirement savings, if not all of it, when you're talking about that kind of money. So, you know, one woman lost 500 on the one hand, another couple lost 350,000. Some folks lose $1,000. So it is a it's a pretty big deal. After speaking with Jacqueline, too, one of the details that stuck out to me, and one thing she kept repeating was talking about how intricate it was. And, you know, when in the, in the hiring process during the interview, she talked about how, like, they gave her names of folks who worked for the company, and the names were connected to the LinkedIn profiles that she went to do research on. What's also really interesting about her story to me was, like, how much vetting she did prior to you know, sending the money. So it's just, you know, when you hear about stories like this, I think it's so easy to be like, oh, well, why would you fall for that? But from what it seems like her story was, they did a really good job of masking the fact that they were playing her all along. They did do a good job, but there were some clues along the way. Um, She couldn't talk to a real person. Mm -hmm. She showed me a copy of her check and that check was issued by a name of somebody that if you look that name up online, somehow they were involved in some criminal activity. Um, many times if the companies want equipment, they're going to send that equipment right to you. And you are going to talk to somebody on the phone for an interview. You are right though, Carrie, that she did do a lot of checking and that's, that's disappointing, you know, that she couldn't find more red flags that way. So they did do a lot of their homework. These are stories that you think, how would I, how would I believe that? Why wouldn't I just hang up? But what the experts will tell you is uh, the scammers know how to get you to suspend um, reality for a while. Mm. I mean, it's almost like being hypnotized, if you will. You're like Um, desperate in the moment. Yeah. You know, and they're so convincing. When you brought up the UPS one, the like the link to there's a deliver, there's like a package. I'm like, oh, what if someone wanted to send me a gift? Yeah, you, you might. And then they could catch you off guard when you're busy or maybe it's around your birthday and you think, oh, you know, somebody is going to send me a package. Mm. And so you touched on it a little bit about some of the warning signs, but can you kind of give us the the breakdown here of what people need to look out for? What are some of the warning signs when it comes to this Bitcoin scam? I think the biggest one is you do not need to go to an ATM, a Bitcoin ATM for anything, nothing, absolutely nothing at all. The second sign, if, you know, for some reason, is if they give you this QR code. I think that's another sign. Scammers typically are are pretending to be somebody reputable, but you know, that part is probably harder to have as a clue because you might think some reason that it is the utility or might think it's Amazon or a new employer. Um, 
but you you can be skeptical there as well and do a little more checking. Um, you know, the IRS is not going to tell you to put it on a gift card. Utility is not going to tell you to to put it on Bitcoin or you have to do it this way. Um, they get aggressive with you. That's another another big clue. Um, you know, professional companies aren't going to be aggressive in these sorts of things. If it was a legitimate company, you could say, I'm sorry, I'm busy right now. I'm going to need to call you back. And then if they start giving you a hard time and you call back a number that you look up online on your own, if you do that, you know, you might uh, catch a breath there and then realize, hey, um, this is the way to do it. What are officials doing about this? Well, you'd hope that they could be doing more. I think right now with a lot of these scams, it's just protect yourself. I don't understand why um, there isn't more being done. I did talk to a few of the operators of the the Bitcoin ATMs. Um, a few said they have warnings in the process. I would like to see more warnings out there personally at the point of purchase, at the point of the ATM. What else is being done? I, you know, I think they're trying to crack down on some of these crime rings. Um, but they're definitely, it's, it's on the consumer. Um, any major takeaways uh, after doing your reporting on this? I, I think the major takeaway is um, the crooks are getting more clever. You know, they really um, have uh, adapted to new things. And um, sometimes you got to keep your guard up a little bit more than, than you want to. And also, I think the other takeaway is, uh, again, this can hit any consumer, you know, college educated, uh, you know, younger consumers are getting hit by this one. And you certainly, uh, you know, want to watch out for um, your uh, relatives who might be, uh, you know, in their older years, uh, who might have more in savings. Uh, one of the things is to try to be open with people and have discussions every now and then about, well, have you heard of any of these new scams out? Just have as, as an open discussion um, to keep it going and to keep the warnings out there. Um. Well, I was kind of disappointed just because there's no contingency plan with banks. That's Jacqueline again. You know, I called my bank and they're like, well, because you took out the money, we can't help you. So I lost $500 on the scam. Um, thank God I had a backup fund. It's just, it's too bad. I have a lot of mistrust now in the internet and getting jobs and, you know, I zip recruiter, like the usual stuff that you go through when you want to find a job online lots of mistrust there and more. Uh, I'm disappointed in my bank, but other than that, I'm glad I made it out the way that I did instead of losing seven grand. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Same here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this, the, 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 the consequences weren't too dire for you that you're still on your feet. And have you found a job? I'm, I'm curious. Um, a part-time gig. Okay. Part-time right. gig, you know, to make ends meet, but I'm still looking for like the spot that I want to stay for a couple of years. Completely understand. Well, you landed somewhere and I'm happy to hear that part. I'll be just fine. I just, you know, I just want to make sure that at least it, whoever hears this or whoever reads the article or anything like that, at least has it in the back of their mind that this could happen and at least knows what to look for. It's kind of because I certainly didn't. <laughs> You live and you learn. You live and you learn. And we've learned from your story today, Jacqueline. So hopefully other people will learn from it too. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. It was good talking with you. Additionally, we have to thank Susan Tom Poor for her fantastic reporting on this story and for taking the time out to sit down with us. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Streaman are our executive producers. Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. 
Thanks for listening. And if you like the show, please leave a comment, follow and subscribe to our show. And don't forget to share it with your friends and family, too. That's important. We'll see you next week. 